What's up, guys? Welcome to True Crime Queen. My name is Ginger. Listener discretion is advised. The dark nature of the show is not suitable for young ears or those sensitive to graphic material. But without further ado, let's go. Let's talk about the most hated woman from Oregon State. This lady is the absolute worst. If you know, you know. She's absolutely nuts. If you don't know, you're going to learn today. Okay, so the Worst Mom Ever Award goes to Elizabeth Diane Downs. Quickly, there is a slight trigger warning pertaining to crimes against children, so if you are sensitive to child-related cases, this one might not be for you. It's not terribly graphic, but still, just a little heads up for those extra sensitive ones. Born in 1955, Elizabeth Diane Downs is from Phoenix, Arizona. After high school, she decides to move out of state and begins college classes at a Baptist Bible school in California. She only lasts less than a year, and she's expelled for promiscuous behavior. You probably don't have to do too much to get expelled from a religious school, especially in those days, but I'd like to believe it's probably because she was actually a total hoe, and you'll see why. So after she gets kicked out of school in Cali, she does a short stint back at home with her folks, but then runs away again and marries a man named Steve Downs, and this is in 1973. They quickly go on to have two girls and a boy, but then Steve, her husband, turns around and files for divorce just one year after their son is born, because the tea around town is that their son was not fathered by Steve, but rather the result of apparently one of many of her extramarital affairs. That's where the total hoe part comes in. So single mom it up, she moves the three kiddos and herself up to a quiet town in Oregon and begins working as a local postal carrier in 1980. A couple years go by, and some couple actually pays this floozy ten grand to be a surrogate mother for their insemination process. Later in an interview regarding being a surrogate mother and before her crimes, she was asked if she might ever regret giving up that child, and she fucking replies, and that's very easy to answer. When you kill a child, when you have an abortion, you've terminated something. You've murdered somebody. It's cruel. It's horrible. It's terrible. But when you do something out of love, when you carry a child for somebody else and turn that life over to them, you haven't done anything bad and it's nothing you look back on and regret. It's good. What a statement, right? When you kill a child? when Like, I'm no statement analyst, but that is a dark way to express that opinion. In context, she had previously admitted to the interviewer that she had gotten an abortion prior to the surrogacy. So you know that lady knows what she's choosing to say. Fast forward just a little year later, and she actually tries to kill her own children. And here's your trigger warning. It's March 31st, 1983. Diane arrives at the Mackenzie Willamette Medical Center in Springfield, Oregon, screaming, Someone shot my kids! She had three children in a blood-soaked backseat, all suffering fatal or near-fatal gunshot wounds from close range. She has also been shot one time in her left forearm and conveniently has a towel wrapped around it when she arrives. Her seven-year-old daughter, Cheryl, is pronounced dead on arrival, while her eight-year-old daughter, Christiane, is critical, suffering a stroke due to blood loss. Her three-year-old son, Stephen, is found to be paralyzed from the waist down. 
So police come immediately to come interview Downs regarding the attack. In her interview, she informs Detective Doug Welch that she and her family were out sightseeing after a late evening out at a friend's house. While on some random country road on her way home, she was flagged down by a man with shaggy hair, finger quotes, who had attempted to carjack her with her children inside. She claims after asking what the guy wants, he replies, your car, to which she replies, you've got to be kidding me. That's exactly what she says. And apparently that's when the dude leaned in around her and shot each of her children from the front area of the car. She then says she managed to fake the shooter out by acting as if she had threw her keys off into the field behind him. That's when she managed to push him away, but he shot her in the arm, though she was able to hop back in her car and drive off towards the hospital like a lunatic, as she put it. So police then notify the public to be on the lookout for a man with shaggy hair as he might be a danger to others and they release a sketch based on her description. At the same time, Detective Welch is beginning to question Diane's version of events, being that her story itself seems kind of odd. Number one, who the fuck sightsees at night, especially if the damn kids are supposedly sleeping? Number two, why did those kids suffer such brutal injuries while old Diane just has one clean shot to her arm? Number three, not only is she shot in the arm, but she was conveniently shot in the left arm and she was found to be right-handed. And then number four, which is just mine, where the hell did the towel come from and why did she only use it on herself? Like, as a mom, that's, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm furious. Fuck that lady. Fuck that lady. You'll see why I feel like this. Also, my next question is, when the hell did she get out of the car? She only described she hopped back in, but why in God's name would anyone in that circumstance ever get out of the car? Did it go, I mean, like, did it go like this? Hi there, good strange man with shaggy hair on the side of random country road at nighttime. Let me just park my car, shut it off, get out while my three kids are sleeping in the back before you tell me what you need. Um, yeah, great, great mom logic there. Okay. Within the months following the shootings, Diane Downs was interviewed multiple times by the media where the public noticed that she began displaying rather odd behavior for a mom who's supposed to be grieving at the loss of one daughter and the near loss of two surviving children that are actually still in recovery at the hospital. So here's just a clip of one of her interviews where she's getting quite defensive about the rapidly growing rumors of her odd behavior. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Why would I have taken my kids to the hospital? Wouldn't I have made sure they were dead and then cried crocodile tears? That's insane to think that I would do such a thing and then bring the, the witnesses in against myself. That's crazy. I read the comment. It looks to me like Diane did it because the children have been shot in the chest and Diane has only been shot in the arm. So that was actually Diane Down's own father saying that he thought she did it. So as the concern grows that Diane might be responsible for shooting her three children, the evidence uncovered by detectives only further confirm their suspicions. They are unable to explain why there's blood spatter on the outside passenger doorframe of the car that she was driving the night of the event. But they also can't ask Christy, the surviving eight-year-old child, due to the fact that the stroke she suffered leaves her unable to speak. They also can't quite find a motive yet, so when Diane allows investigators to search her home, they find exactly what they're looking for. Police had recovered Diane's personal diary where she had hundreds of daily letters written to a former lover back in Phoenix, Arizona. Turns out before she left with the kids, she was having an affair, shocker, with another married man, though he claims that they were separated at the time. Whatever, sleazebag. 
So apparently he told Diane while they were dating that he doesn't want kids and doesn't plan on having kids. Police believe all the diary letters written to this man are evidence that she's obsessed with him and began this whole charade that would result in her being free of parenthood to continue this relationship. So now investigators just need a weapon. They recovered 22 caliber shell casings at the scene, but they also find 22 caliber casings in Diane's home that appear to have been shot from another gun. However, they can't find this other gun. Diane denies ever having a handgun, but her ex-husband Steve and the man she was seeing in Phoenix both say that she has a gun and they've seen it. And to this day, no gun has actually ever been found. While investigators are building their case, she now manages to get pregnant for the sixth time. This wench had selected some dude off her postal route, shows up at his place with whiskey and weed, and gets pregnant. Diane even told some local news reporter later that she knew her cycle so well that she knew she would get pregnant if she had sex with this guy. So police finally arrest her ass on February 28, 1984, that's just nine months after the shootings occurred, and three months before her trial is going to begin. Prosecutors now fear that the jurors would see Diane differently with her being super fucking pregnant while on trial for the murder of her own children. Though they managed to effectively present their case using a star witness, Diane's own daughter, Christy Ann. After months of therapy, a now nine-year-old Christy testifies to the courts that she saw no male shooter and my mom shot me. It was also found that one of the children was actually shot outside of the car at the time of the incident and not how Downs had described the shootings. The prosecutors were actually able to find a witness. This witness said that he was driving behind Diane on that road that night that her children were shot. And he said that she was driving so fucking slow that his speedometer wasn't even registering, which means it must have been going max seven miles per hour, which is terrible when you really think about what that means. Prosecutors explain her motive for killing the children was to continue her relationship with a man who did not want children resulting in her viewing them as a burden to their future relationship. And the proof was in the hundreds of unmailed letters that they found in her diary. So Downs is then found guilty in June of 1984, and just days before her sentencing, she gives birth to a baby girl who was quickly seized by the state and adopted out and renamed. Diane is then sentenced to life in prison, plus 50 years for the murder of Cheryl and the attempted murder and assault of her two other children. She also isn't allowed to apply for parole for at least 25 years. Justice is served and all is well, but not totally well. So after three years of being incarcerated in Oregon, Diane manages to escape prison in Salem by climbing a 16-foot fence and using her coat to cover the barbed wire at the top. The prosecutor's family, as well as the family that adopted Diane's prison baby, are now on high alert in case she attempts to retrieve them like she's threatened in the past. No worries, though, because they actually find her 10 days after she escapes. Nowhere near the children, but just a few blocks away from the prison, actually. Turns out her cellmate had drawn her a map to her own house, and they planned that her cellmate's husband would help Diane hide. Prison officials discover the map in the cell and go retrieve Diane from the home, and this bitch comes out wearing the dude's boxers and his shirt as she's being escorted back to the police car. I bet that cellmate was fucking pissed when she realized that Diane probably slept with her husband while shacking up there. I highly doubt that was part of the agreement. 
but it's it's truly just like you know i wouldn't expect anything else from diane to be honest Upon her retrieval, she's then transferred in New Jersey at the prosecutor's request that she be relocated farther away from her children and under better supervision. They actually go on to be adopted by the prosecutor in Diane's case. She stays there until 1994, then was transferred back to the West Coast, bouncing around a few prisons in California while earning her associate's degree. In 2008, Diane was able to finally apply for parole after three hours of questioning and only 30 minutes of deliberation. The parole board denied her request. She has to wait another two years before she reapplied in 2010, where she's denied a second time. Even after all these years, she still sticks to the story about the shaggy-haired man, and over time, she's kind of switched up the story to, like, two men in ski masks, as well as even blaming, like, corrupt cops in her area. It's obvious to the parole board that she has no remorse for the crime and actually just doesn't shut up whenever she's asked a question, like narcissists talking in circles. You can actually watch it on YouTube and see for yourself how crazy it is. I'll link it in the episode sources for you. It's pretty funny. After her second denial for parole, a new law had passed, which now requires that she's got to wait 10 years before applying for parole again. So her next chance is actually next spring in 2021 with the Oregon Board of Parole and Post-Prison Supervision. She'll be a ripe 65 years old. They probably won't let her out because she denies being guilty. But let me tell you why I think she is innocent. No, I'm totally kidding. But really though, uh, while researching, I did find a handful of blogs and YouTube videos talking about the actual possibility of her being innocent. I sort of listened to one who shared audio of allegedly Diane's own daughter, Christy, the one who testified against her, saying years later that while in the state care for her therapy, they had convinced her to testify against her mom and that it was all a lie and she was supposed to blame her mom. Honestly, I don't even want to go down all those rabbit holes because the evidence at the trial, as well as the handful of weird-ass interviews she did, I feel fairly certain she's guilty. Like, there's absolutely not enough reasonable doubt for me that she didn't shoot those kids to even consider those rabbit holes. You can miss me with all that because I don't have time for your shit, Diane. I would just like to say this. Um, When Bobby Boucher's mom said girls are the devil, she was really talking about Diane fucking Downs. So the daughter that Diane gave birth to that was quickly adopted out Her name is Rebecca Babcock, and she even went on the Oprah Winfrey show and described the time in her life that she was actually writing her biological mom, Diane, from prison. However, she now regrets writing to her mom because it seems like the crazy came out a little too hard on this poor girl. She said her mom started writing that she had people watching over her while she was in prison and like a bunch of other weird tangents on conspiracy she believes at the moment. So Becky basically realized her mom is a damn psycho and that she's super lucky she was raised by the family she was adopted by. Now, I wasn't really an ABC Network fan growing up, but they actually did produce a made-for-TV movie based on a book by Anne Rule covering Diane Downs' life, and it's called Small Sacrifices. The movie stars Farrah Fawcett as Downs and has all the 80s vibes you could imagine. One of the biggest points that the show on Diane Downs likes to make, or any show I've seen on her, brings up the fact that Diane will recall Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran playing on the radio the night of the shooting, and they always make a huge point of it to point out the fact that while they play it in the courtroom, Diane Downs was found to be slightly, like, bopping along to the music. 
which I can see why that bothers people, but, like, you're obviously not a true Duran Duran fan if you're not dancing to Hungry Like the Wolf. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. So that's what I got for you. I hope you enjoyed my rendition of this story, and if so, please tell all your creepy friends about it. You can find the sources I used for the episode in its description. You can follow my Instagram account at truecrimequeen for some laughs if you need a little pick-me-up after all that dark shit. Feel free to leave an honest review on iTunes, or maybe even consider clicking the link in the description to make a small donation to my equipment fund so I can keep making you guys some killer-ass content. See what I did there? I know. Right, bye!